You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Barag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. It's almost like it is more difficult to share the gospel in the United States of America than it is in other countries today. You know, back in our day, America would send the missionaries to the uttermost parts of the earth to evangelize the world. And God certainly blessed this nation for that. But now, do you know that the United States of America has become a mission field unto itself? The Bible gives us several warning signs regarding the state of man leading up to the second coming of Christ. One of the key indicators we're given is that man's heart will grow calloused towards one another. In today's message, Pastor J.D. reflects on the shift in culture and how our nation that once sent missionaries is now in need of missionaries itself. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 81 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The first three words of the last verse here in verse 16 shake me a little bit, if I can say it that way. He would have. What? God would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock I would have satisfied you. But you would have nothing to do with me. You would have none of it. It shakes me, it searches me, because I never want it said of me that God would have, but didn't and couldn't, because I. I wonder. I wonder about all the things that God would have done in my life, but couldn't. All of the blessings that He would have bestowed on my life, but wouldn't. You know, to me, this psalm is really about the heart of God's heart towards God's people. Would you agree that God desires to bless His people? I was telling my uh, daughter, this last week. <laughs> I've told her this many times. I thought, I'm going to just tell her again because I had to discipline her, and I, I don't like doing that, but I have to do that because I love her, and I tell her, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't do this. And she's like, love me less than, so you don't have to discipline me. <laughs> but I, I tell her, you know, your mom and I don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh man, I wonder what I can do to discipline her today. Oh, I can't wait to discipline her today. I mean, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I guess, I guess you don't. 
It doesn't seem like that sometimes. No, you know what we do when we wake up in the morning, it is our desire to bless you. We want to bless you. This psalm is riddled with regret. Of all the things that God would have done, but didn't, He would have filled to overflowing. He would have. He would have blessed abundantly. He would have. Oh, I pray that there's never a verse 16 in our lives like that. God would have. I want that verse in my life, in the psalm of my life, to read, God did. God did. Psalm 82. Again, a psalm of Asaph, verse 1, a short psalm. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods, notice lowercase. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked, Selah? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Free them from the hand of the wicked. They do not know, nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are unstable. (laughs) Interesting word. Verse 6, I said, you are gods, again lowercase, and all of you are children of the Most High, but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for you shall inherit all nations. Wow, what a psalm, what a cry, what a prayer from Asaph in this psalm. Sadly though, it's a psalm that I believe aptly describes the state of our nation today. And I'll explain why I say that. The ungodly and the unjust delight in evil. I think of what Isaiah said about how there will be a curse, woe unto those that call good evil and evil good. They delight in evil. It's not that that they do evil, they actually delight in it. I think about what Jesus said in comparing His return to the days of Noah, And he says, like it was in the days of Noah, so too will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. What was it like in the days of Noah? Oh, we're told that their imagination was always continually evil, all the time. They had become so wicked, unspeakable evil. And they would come up with and invent new ways of evil. And not only would they come up with these things, they would delight in these things. 
They would favor the wicked at the expense of the defenseless and righteous. You know, I've shared as of late that it's becoming increasingly more difficult for me to watch even Fox News today. I mean, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening, especially if there's breaking news concerning Israel, and there always is. And again, there was uh, this week concerning Syria. Boy, it's like, you know, that rubber band we talk about. You take a rubber band, you stretch it out for so long, so far, and it's not long before it just has to snap. I feel like that it's just being stretched longer and further, and it's just a matter of time. But I look at what's happening in this nation today. I was just talking with uh, Artie. Artie was mentioning about this thing in New York where now I guess it's legal, right? Where you can perform an abortion right up till the birth. And now they're going to uh, try to pass this law in Vermont. Oh, I tell you. I haven't been following it closely. I, I unmuted it to just kind of catch a little bit of it. But I guess there was this... Um, young boy that was um, confronted by this Native American guy. And I mean, the video of it went viral, and they were just going crazy about white privilege and all of this stuff. And turns out it's a, a Catholic school, I guess. And um, boy, I tell you, it's getting really bad out there. Did you ever think you would see the day? I mean, I, I'm looking out at you, and for the most part, you know, uh, you're generally close in proximity to my age, you know, 35. And uh, I, I love it when we have younger people here, and we do. But and I, I know you guys don't like it when we say, you know, back in our day, <laughs> you know, back in the day, I know you guys hate that, but back in the day, <laughs> I never thought I would see the day that we would be seeing evil paraded before our eyes. Evil is good, and good is evil. You know, it's uh, interesting. We get so many wonderful comments from people all over the world, all over the United States, especially concerning the ABCs of salvation. And they'll share their stories about sharing the gospel with somebody. And they share some really intense stories about how they will try to share the gospel with somebody. And I mean the vitriol, the venom, the anger, the cursing that comes it's almost like it is more difficult to share the gospel in the United States of America than it is in other countries today. You know, back in our day, America would send the missionaries to the uttermost parts of the earth to evangelize the world. And God certainly blessed this nation for that. But now, do you know that the United States of America has become a mission field unto itself? That there are actually 
brothers and sisters in Christ that come from other countries to America? I never thought I would see the day. This is almost akin to the struggle that we saw with Psalm 73, where it seemed that evil was prospering with impunity, unchecked. I was thinking about this just this last week, actually, about how these people do and delight in evil and they think that they're going to get away with it. I'll tell you, it's times like that where I'm so thankful for Psalms like Psalm 82 and Psalm 73 for that matter because it's a much needed reminder that God will arise. Oh, oh! by the way, spoiler alert, <laughs> at the end of the psalm, Asaf prays, arise, O God, and bring judgment. You don't hear it much in the pulpits in America today, but the truth of the matter is, judgment is coming. God has to, and God will. And I believe very soon he will judge the earth. And then he will rule and reign in righteousness. And everyone will be recompensed according to what they have done. Uh, We were also talking about, uh, I was talking with Pastor Mac about this um, ministry and uh, I was telling him, I said, man, I, I don't want to be that guy when I'm, you know, I don't want to be anywhere near this guy when he's standing before the Lord. You know, because I want the Lord to say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. And this particular guy, I believe, is not going to hear those words because of what he's done. And he seems like he can get away with it. It's just unchecked. He doesn't have to answer, or he'll answer for it. Well, wait a minute, Pastor, what are you saying? He's a a Christian? Yeah, stay with me. You know that Satan can fill the heart of a Christian to do his bidding. He can take captive the heart. Ask Paul about this when he writes to Timothy. Ask Solomon about this in the Proverbs chapter 7. There's six things that God hates, seven that are an abomination to Him. You know what, that that list is kind of gnarly, but you know what the seventh thing is that is an abomination to God? It's the sowing of discord amongst the brethren. Sowing of discord amongst the brethren, bringing division into the body of Christ, pitting Christian against Christian. You know, I was um, thinking about Nancy Pelosi refusing the President of the United States access to do the State of the Union address because of the government shutdown, now the longest in U.S. history. I just, you know, how sad because Satan has succeeded in the secular sense 
getting Democrat against Republican, Republican against Democrat, conservative against liberal, liberal against conservative. In other words, the battle is against flesh and blood. And this is what his most successful strategy is in the church today, is to try to get us fighting one with another. Because as soon as he can get us fighting with each other, as soon as Satan can get the body of Christ fighting with each other and devouring one another, as the Apostle Paul writes, you're going to destroy each other. It's just a matter of time. You know, when we talk about in the prophecy updates, and I'm going to bring it in for a close. Again, I didn't want to get to Psalm 83. I didn't want to have to rush through it. And so, but in our prophecy updates, I mention often, and I don't delight in doing it, but I mention often that it is possibly just a matter of time before this nation is destroyed rendered inconsequential, perhaps explaining the absence of the United States of America from the pages of Bible prophecy. And what makes it so hard is that it comes from within. We say, united we stand. Well, if united we stand, then divided we fall. And is that not how Satan gets a church family to fall. By the way, is that not how he gets a family to fall? So the battle is now against each other. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Nancy Pelosi needs Jesus. My battle's not against her, the Democrats, the liberals. It's not black, white. It's not, we're not against each other. But Satan wants to make it that way so that we do his job for him. He can take the rest of the day off. We fully cooperate with Satan and do his bidding. And we end up destroying ourselves. You know, the thought just came to me. I'll, I'll end with this. Remember in Revelation, the letter to the, gosh, I'm going to have to really try to tax my memory. Maybe somebody could help me out here. But it's the letter to the church, I want to say Pergamum. So he says to this church, he said, they have followed the doctrine of Balaam. What's the doctrine of Balaam? Oh, it's found in Numbers. I want to say uh, chapter 22. Balaam tried to curse the Israelites, to destroy the Israelites, because they were growing in numbers and they were posing a threat to the nations surrounding them. So Balaam was hired by this guy by the name of Balak, who paid him a lot of money to pronounce a curse upon the Israelites. And every time Balaam tried to pronounce a curse over the Israelites to destroy them from without, what would come out of his mouth was a blessing. Instead, and I mean a magnificent blessing. And much to the consternation of Balak, who is getting so angry, he finally takes him to this really high hilltop and says, okay, now you've got this vantage point. See, the belief was that there were gods that had control over high places and regions and areas. 
And so I'm going to take you to this high place where you can see all of the Israelites encamped, by the way, in a formation based on the numbers with the tabernacle in the center in the shape of a cross, which was another reason why they could not be cursed. This was a, a, a shadow, a type of the cross yet to come because he had 12 tribes separated into four camps to the east, to the west, three, three tribes each, north and the south and the tabernacle in the center. If you take those numbers in the book of Numbers, which is what the book of Numbers is about, Numbers, deeply profound, I know, and you put that those numbers in the uh, formation based on the book of Numbers, and it's in the shape of a cross. So he's taken up to this high place, and he's trying to pronounce a curse upon them, and he cannot. So it's seen, and we don't know this from the book of Numbers, but we do know it from the book of Revelation, that what Balaam eventually did was he said, okay, Balak, I cannot curse, I cannot destroy these people from without. It's going to have to happen from within. Here's how you do it. You send the Moabite women in there to seduce the Israelite men and commit sexual sin with them. And then that will arouse the anger of God, and God will then bring his heavy hand upon them, and that's how you do it. That's the doctrine of Balaam. So all these generations later, God has this letter dictated to John by the Spirit who writes this letter to this church and says, your church, this church will be destroyed from within because of this doctrine. You cannot be destroyed from without. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. This is another place where we go to in Israel, Caesarea Philippi. Jesus takes his disciples to Caesarea Philippi, a very evil place. In fact, it was the place where they worshiped the god Pan, a fearful god, and it was actually called the gate of hell. Pan is where we get our English word panic. And so this was a very pagan, very evil place, and very uh, evil place of worship, where they would worship this pan God at the gate of hell. And so Jesus takes the disciples there and he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. There's no way that we can be destroyed from without, but we can be destroyed from within. And this to me is a psalm that really describes, I mean it starts off the way it does, but it just ends this this way. And there is coming that day where God will have the final word. And I believe that day is very soon. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? 
if you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <laughs> 